<laughs> what is going on everybody back at it again with the new podcast of money mind profit this is episode number nine on the previous podcast i kept on saying episode seven but that episode was eight and this is episode nine and so if you're looking to sponsor us please let us know yeah, if you if you guys like what we talk about, if you like the message that we you put out, if you like our conversations, if you maybe see a business partnership, um, some sort of sponsorship, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us, connect with us on our socials, connect with us, with us via email. Um, you know, we'd love to to consider a partnership, uh, a sponsorship, whatever it is that you have in mind. We, we you know we won't leave any stone unturned. Right, and that's all found in the description if you want to follow us. Also, that is in the description. And so, I know you guys are asking, who is our new friend? Say hi, Nugget. This is, uh, this is my new son. Yeah. His name's Revy. He's a French Bulldog. Ten-week-old French Bulldog. You're going to see him on some of the podcasts. Yeah, he's a little anxious. He's <laughs> He's kind of tired. I think he's tired. Yeah, he's been... We were wrestling, so... I think it's time for him to take a nap. I think he wants to take a nap. But I wanted to introduce you guys to Revy. Everyone say hi, Revy. Let us know if we should make an Instagram account for Revy, and uh, <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah, I think I think he would um, he would be funny on an Instagram account because he's he's got some personality. Yeah, he's pretty pretty funny, goofy. He's pretty. He's goofy. He's, he's a cool dog. He's yeah. really chill. Um, you know, him and I obviously get along really great. He's been my dream dog since as long as i can remember and now i finally have a little little frenchy dream dog um and he's had him for what uh two weeks now two weeks yeah so and it just kind of happened just kind of happened that way that i picked him up but yeah let us know if you guys want to see more uh revy on on the pod yep so what are we going to talk about on this episode and so this is uh david and i were doing a couple showings uh, with a couple clients of yours, and then we went to go see some with your parents, and we were talking while we were eating, and we were just reminiscing about the times we had about our old jobs, and so this is what we're going to start off of, you know, talking about what did we do before we started doing real estate. I think, yeah, I think it's a good topic because a lot of times people want to know how you got to where you got to, but <clears throat> the truth is the jobs that you have before you you embark on any sort of business endeavor, any sort of entrepreneurship, they really do make you who you are. Um, obviously, the people that you surround yourself with, um, you know, kind of how you grew up, your upbringing, that affects it too. But we can't leave out the types of jobs that we have because that's a variable, I think, and an important one too. Yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of growing up, I was kind of shy. And, you know, people would always tell me, you got to speak up, you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, my first job was at Party City. Yeah, I I got hired on as like a seasonal help sort of employee. I was 15 and a half, and I was my first job, and I was so excited because I finally could have money that I could spend on whatever it is that I wanted, and it was it was great. I got I got hired on during Halloween time, and what I, year was this? Oh, 20. Um, would have been maybe like 2012, 2012. Okay. 2013, 2012, something like that. Wow. Yeah. And, um, it was just really, I was excited because I couldn't wait to like, you know, get a check for 200, $300. <laughs> yeah. My first check was like, cause I, I, I made 725 an hour and I think my first check, I remember working that first weekend cause I, I started on a Thursday. I went in a Wednesday, and then I like for the interview, whatever. Yep. It wasn't even an interview process. It was just like, "Can you do this job? Are you of sound mind? Perfect." And the next day, I started. I think it was a Thursday, and it was during Halloween time, so it was absolutely insane. I think it was the week before Halloween, mm -hmm. and <laughs> I just I remember like. I was just trying to wing it. Like I had never really had a structured job like that before. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a different experience for me. Did you do any training at all? Like, did they teach you? Anything? Yeah, they had like training that I did on that Wednesday. Okay. Um, basically it was like, oh, 
basically it was like, hey, come in, let's see what type of person you are, and then mm -hmm. if you're cool, we'll put you through the training. And so that's what happened. They they liked me, and then they put me through the training, whatever. And so I was at I was doing the training for like five hours the day before. Okay. And uh, what I type of training were you doing? It was just like videos. Oh wow. It was just like applying stuff that they have to you know go through. Yeah. And so you do have to do training. I think it was like 15 hours of videos, and it was paid and stuff like that. Nice. So you did that, and then I got on the floor the next day. And it was, yeah, I think I had Party City as a job up until I was, like, 17. So did you have any jobs in between then? Yeah, I worked. Um, I got a job, a step up, I thought, at American Eagle. Okay. <laughs> and I think that was at 17. I can, I can, like, knowing David for quite a while now, I could totally see David working at, you know, Hollister and, uh, and American Eagle. Yeah. And you, you worked at Hollister as well, too? I worked at Abercrombie for Abercrombie. like a summer. Yeah. I was just trying to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, was at the same time that I worked at, at American Eagle. So okay. I, I really did start in like the, the service sort of yeah. industry, retail. retail space yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and so, I, you know, I think it's important to know. How was the training during uh, like during like Abercrombie and the other job? I think the fact that I already was working at American Eagle and I was working there for a little bit helped me, you know, get a mm. job there um there wasn't really did they like tell you to sell a certain type of thing like no it, there wasn't training like that okay it was more so compliance training and stuff like that um you know lp so loss prevention so that obviously like you're aware of what's going on and if you see anything in the workplace you say stuff but it was more so like crossing your t's and dotting your i's sort of training it okay. wasn't like anything as far like as for if anyone's stealing or something yeah, yeah, it was it was more so like that, and internally too, because that was a big thing. Um, so people, people internally would be know, stealing. Yeah, yeah, you you just you don't know, but yeah, that that was one of the biggest reasons why you know retail would lose. Uh, you know, because of the people inside. Yeah, people people inside and maybe do a discount here, a little bit bigger, and stuff like that, and mm. that's technically stealing. Right. Um, so I worked there. I worked at American Eagle, uh, Abercrombie, and then where else did I work? I got to college. I still had my job at American Eagle. I had my job at American Eagle, I think, until I was like 20. And then I started working at the gym in Whitewater where I went to college. And that was not a lot of hours. That was maybe 15 hours a week. What made you go, go into that? At the gym? Yeah. I just, I knew a lot of people. Yeah. And so it was just a natural progression. One of the guys was like, hey, you should apply out. I'll hook you up. Cool. <laughs> and so I, I did. It, it was. It's like a prestigious job at Whitewater. Like if really? you work at the gym, it's like it's hard to get into the gym because they have a lot of people that apply all the time. Because everyone wants a free membership at the gym, and everyone kind of wants to be a part of the culture. And mm. so call it Rec Sports. Okay. Um, That's the name of the gym. Well, the Rec Sports. The gym was involved and managed by Rec Sports. Okay. So it's technically Warhawk Fitness, mm -hmm. but the gym was shared. So with the student population, yeah, you could have other outside people that lived in the Whitewater area that went to mm -hmm. the gym. And then there was also um, like student athletes that shared the big gym. Yeah. So there's another smaller gym in one of the dorms of Whitewater that not too many people went to. Why? Just kind of hidden away because oh. it was small. They didn't have a lot. Um, compared to the big gym. Okay. But if it was really busy, then it, it might be worth it. If it was really busy at the big gym, it might be worth it to go to the... To the other gym? Yeah. Just to, you know, get to go to the UF, yeah. University Fitness is what they called it. Cool. Um, so I was working there, uh, and then I got a job at GNC, and I was working at GNC because I knew the manager, and I was working from, I want to say, like, sometimes it would be Thursday night close. Mm -hmm. So, like... I would be done with my <clears throat> I would be done with my Thursday classes and then I would have to drive to Milwaukee from Whitewater so it was like 50 minutes for me 50 50 minutes uh and then pretty much stay the weekend and work like 3 p.m. on Thursday to close which would be 9 and then work all day Friday and all day Saturday and then do a closing on Which one did you Sunday. work at? The one at Miller Parkway. Okay. That was my main store. Um, 
And so it, that was another, you know, retail position. Mm-hmm. That was more sales because they did give you, you know, commission on certain things like a certain dollar amount per item if you sold it. Um, and that would that would cycle around. So we'll say like one month you get, you know, this amount of, of dollar per this you know, item, mm-hmm. and then they would switch it around. So certain test boosters one month would give you a certain dollar amount, another month. Okay, know. so it would be certain type of supplements? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain type of supplements would give you a, a certain, like, you know, dollar yeah. amount. So let's say if like I Like commission type? Yeah, if I sold this test booster that was $80, I would get $6 on it. Yeah, cool. And then let's say if I sold two months supply, then I would, like, get double that, so 6 so 12, 12 yeah. but then they would also have like a kicker and I would get an extra $4 because I sold two months of supply. Nice. So do you think that's where like the commit, you like you're a, like you became a better like sales person? I would yeah, say? I mean looking back at it, a lot of times people would come into GNC because that's already, would, that's already three <clears throat> jobs you already, or four actually with the have retail. Well, retail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you start to develop skills on how to just communicate, communicate. with people. And, and solve their problems that they that they might have. Yeah. Um, once you start to tie, I think the income to the problem solving, that's when you start to get better at it. But in the previous three jobs that were retail, there wasn't much that I would get out of it in terms of um, you know money and, and compensation. Yeah. And so, so I wasn't okay. thinking that way. Yeah. But I I could still have a conversation with someone and try to solve their problem because that's, that's what I'm there for. Right. Right. If, <laughs> if I'm not helping a customer out in, in the way that I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. then I'm the one that's going to take the brunt because they're going to be like, Oh, you're being really rude. Like you're not helping me. Like, yeah. You know, and that's the last thing that I want because obviously then at that point I won't have a job if I continue that, you know, that, that skill, that, um, that behavior by so, helping them out. Right. <clears throat> so, so after you're done with GNC, what's what what's your next venture? Um, I tried to do. Uh, I mean, I was always trying to do side hustles. Um, I tried to do this internship called College Works Painting, and it was probably <clears throat> probably the hardest thing up to that point that I've done. What was that again? College Works Painting. Okay. The exterior painting. Um, so basically, the way it works is, College Works uh, is is a painting company that hires uh, interns per se. A lot of times, they're younger in college, and they go to all these colleges to hire these interns. Okay. And what the interns do is, <clears throat> they're the ones that. Um, you know, generate these leads. So they do the marketing, they do the sales. And then once they book the jobs, they produce the work as well. Produce meaning they hire their own employees, they buy their own equipment and they actually do the work for the, yeah. For the, for the project, for the, yeah. For the, the contract that was booked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did that and I, I remember starting it, I think it was my sophomore year of college. And I had to, I think I had to quit GNC for that. Yeah. Was that more full time then? Well, it was an internship, we'll say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was any time, like, like you, had to, you had to put your whole mind into it. It was, yeah, it was school and that, Okay. you know. And you were, and what happened to the gym job? You just quit that after? I didn't get the gym job until after my sophomore year. Okay. My sophomore year of college. Then I got the gym job. Okay. I think it was my second semester of sophomore year. I I got that job. Um, anyways, you know you're doing you're doing that internship and you're doing all of this the the marketing on the front end to just generate leads. Mm-hmm. So you're going door to door because there's no other way to really generate leads in that business. Um, I suppose you could put out like you know ads, but if you have no budget, you're a college kid. What do you do? Door knock. You have to. Yeah. And um, it was the first time. <clears throat> were you doing that in the white whitewater area? No, no, no. We had territories, and territories were assigned to us um, based on whatever you know district manager you had, and they assigned you a certain okay. territory. And so you know there was like kind of levels to it where you have a district manager, you have a regional manager, and then you have like a kind of VP of, of College Works of the the region. Okay. Right? Um. And so I had my own territory. My territory was in, I think, New Berlin, Greenfield, 
and I had some of Wauwatosa. Okay. So I was shown like a plot of land where, you know. Yeah, you like a little map? Was. Okay. Yeah, and so that was the only territory that I could doorknock because <clears throat> other interns had other territories. Mm -hmm. And so I just, man, I remember like it was one of the hardest things I had to do because I actually had to face my insecurities and my fears behind like talking to people and like dealing with rejection. And I remember being so like anxious that like all I wanted to do was quit. Why? <clears throat> because I, I, I wasn't doing it enough and I wasn't used to that level of rejection and that, that level of, you know, that, that fear, I, I never really like addressed the fear head on. Do you that think came you, with with sales? Yeah. In that regard, and and you know that's a part of business. You're gonna. Do you think you were? <laughs> do you think you were facing you know a certain type of like mental like toughness? Like it was it was all mental. Um, it was all in my head. You know, looking back, I created all of the thoughts, the limiting beliefs myself. Right. I. I am the one. Do you think that, you were worthy of having the people's money in your pocket? I don't think it was so much so that. I think it was so much so that I was just like asking for business. It was yeah. It was it was that. It was like I didn't want to deal with somebody that that was like just rude to me. Okay. You know, like I didn't want to go eight hours and like be okay with you know maybe two of the, yeah. those hours being bitched at because the truth is like. A lot of people don't really need exterior painting because they might just have like siding that doesn't need to be really painted. So there's a specific market for it too. Right. And, you know, some of these people, you, you literally have, you know, 15 to 30 seconds. The first five seconds are pivotal and crucial based on your body language, based on how you look at them. Did you have a specific training on that as well? Yeah, I mean, we, we trained um, for a good... I think we trained for a good two weeks on how to handle all of these scenarios. Like rejections and then did you have to like read like a pamphlet and then just read over the script? Yeah, there was a script that we were given. We had to do training on it. We had to practice it. And so for, for two weeks, we were training and practicing the script. Now, mind you, I'm not getting paid. This is just what I'm doing because this is a Inter technically a commission job. Right. We're subcontractors and we're getting paid a, a portion. I mean, we're, we're, we give a portion to College Works and then we get paid. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how, let's say, did you, okay, so let's say you've gone through training and you got this rejection and so you finally knock on the door where people actually give you business. Yeah. I mean, the business, so the, the sales cycle really is you start door knocking and, you know, you get a lead. Mm -hmm. somebody who's actually interested. So keep in mind, you know, I'm going to, to college. So I, the only time I can really door knock my territory is when I'm at home. Okay. Right. Because so every weekend I need to go home so I can start really door knocking at any point in time. They, they suggested us to door knock all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Um, not go too late because obviously we don't want to, we don't want to look suspicious. Right. Right. But don't go too early because you don't want to piss people off either. <laughs> yeah. So basically, that was up to your discretion, but I kind of stuck with 9 a.m. to um, 9 a.m. to like 6 p.m. And, you know, you're doing that for your first couple weeks. And you'd be surprised if, you, if it's a numbers game. So if you knock on enough doors you'll find the percentage of people that are actually looking for painting services that specific summer. Right. And there's going to be people that are in the fringe. And then there's going to be people that are like, I don't really trust you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I, I do need painting, but I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't trust you. Yeah. I'm not going to use you. Right. And then there's going to be people that will just not do business with you just because like you're a kid, you're young, you're in yeah. college and, I mean, that's fine. That's fine, but it's, it's a numbers game. And then there's people that just don't need painting. Yeah. You know? So it's a numbers game. That first weekend, I remember going through, through it like that. Do you think that was your toughest job? Um, 
as of right now, yeah, I think that was like, like looking at back that at time, that was like one of the hardest things I ever did. And it was one of the best things that I ever did. I think any, anyone in this business, if you are having troubles with the real estate side of things and you don't know how to generate business and you're struggling on literally like you're scared to pick up a phone and answer a phone call or make a cold call, then your issue isn't that you can't do real estate. Your issue is that you can't even just talk to people. You can't even just have a conversation because you're scared of rejection. So how do you address that? You just need to do it more. Right. Right. But you can't do it in this setting. You need to, you need to do it even to a greater degree. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right. So you need, you need to address it to a greater degree and, and more consistently. So how do you do that? Well, you, you go and door knock. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if you're having trouble with cold calling, I guarantee if you go and door knock for, you know, let's say four straight weekends and you know, you do like you're in the real estate business. Let's say you do 9am to 6pm Saturday and Sunday. I can guarantee you cold calling will feel so much easier than door knocking because I experienced it. So after I got the leads uh, at college works, I would have to call them. The people, the contractors, the pe the, the leads that I got as far as wanting to, you know, people, Pers people wanting to get work. Okay. Right? So, I, and, and it was, <clears throat> so let's say, so, so think about it this way. The sales cycle is you need to get a lead and then put them through, call them, set an appointment, close them, stuff and like stuff like that. Right. So think about it this way. If you did not understand how to work that specific lead when you had them in, in front of you at the door, mm -hmm. well, then your conversion rate is going to go down because you didn't get their information. Right. Right. Because what happens is, yeah, they might be interested, but can I just have your business card? I'll call you when, you know, when we're, when we have some time, but they're never going to call you, but they're never going to call you. So you need to be strategic about how you get their information so that you can call them and take things into your own hands. Yeah. So would you have like a, like a phone but, number, but, email? Yeah. So, so if you're in the wrong state of mind and you're worried and you have anxiety and you're not confident in yourself, you're not going to get their phone number. They're going to ask you for their business card because they see the weakness inside you. Mm. that you display. So how do you expect to even get their information if you can't even like switch things here? You know? Yeah. So that's why it was important as for me, getting a bunch of leads was a win. Even if I didn't close deals, I did close a couple of deals. Mm. I did. I think I had like 40 K in production or something like that, that I closed yeah. over um, the, the time that I did the, the internship. But for me, just like, getting out there and knocking on the first door and addressing that, you know, that insecurity was a win. I see. And then I did it for eight hours, you know, in one day. And then you're I'm just like, like you're oh, shit. Like I, it, yeah. what, what, what's the worst that can actually happen? Nothing. Nothing. So if for any reason I fall off, it's because of my own fault. And I start to build this, this, uh, you know, this, this story in my head that this is really difficult and hard. Mm. Right. And, and you continue to pace it with, with certain things that are present to you. Right? It's like our last uh, podcast, like how we really think that our perception is a reality, but in reality it is just the reality. Right. <laughs> like the, the reality is you're going to go up to the store. You're going to pick up your hand, right? It's not that hard. Yeah. Just knock up, on the door. You knock on it. You smile, you yeah. have good energy and you simply Go through your your your, project, your uh, progression of, of questions, whatever it is your pitch. Yeah. Right. You you get good at that. You go through it. It ends up just being a numbers game, mm -hmm. and it really is dumbed down and robotic in that sense. Anything else is just is static. It's noise. It doesn't matter. But it's something that we give you know worth and value to, which starts to bring us down because. You know, now we start to, like I said, we start to build up this story as to why it's really hard. When in, in reality, the way, when you really break down door knocking, it's not that hard. It's all about reframing things. If I'm like, hey, look, you know, I can knock on the store and I could literally make $10,000 because I just knocked on this store and I made this connection. Like you start to, to break it that way. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. The, like money's everywhere. Money's yeah. everywhere. But it's all about how you frame things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I started to figure out. Um, you just got to knock on more <clears> doors. Right. I, I started to figure that out. 
And I'm like, okay, like this is this isn't as hard as I as I made it out to be. And you know, thankfully, I had a, a good support team, a good district manager um, that allowed me and pushed me way past my comfort zone to go and knock on these doors. When I think what what really you know got me into that position was I didn't have an internship lined up for my sophomore year, of, so from sophomore going to junior year for for finance. And so I'm like, okay, well I don't have an internship. Um, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do, right? So I'm gonna do this this internship because that's gonna that's gonna take me through the summer. Yeah. And that's why that's how I ended up doing College Works, anyways, is because I didn't have anything lined up. You know, I was trying to do something at Northwestern Mutual um, and be one of those financial advisor reps. It didn't it didn't work out um, because I didn't. You know, that was after College Works, and and I was like, no, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So I kind of kind of like based my own reality ended up rejecting the whole, you know, sales sort of aspect yeah. of that of those positions. Um, and I, and I did, you know, retract and, and retreat. So you did that go back. So you did, the that job for two years. No, no, no. College works. I did it for like three months. Okay. During that summer or like it was, it was that like spring, actually. spring. Okay. I actually ended up, you know, quitting because I got so stressed and I got so anxious. Why? Because it, like I said, the mind is a powerful thing. And so I started to tell myself how hard this is and like, I can't keep doing this. But you were doing, you were doing pretty, pretty well. Well, I wasn't getting paid anything because you don't get paid until the the job is produced. So I worked for those three months for free. And did those leads ever turn up to be? Yeah, they ended up, some of them get, got produced. I think one contract got canceled. I think about $30,000 of work ended up getting produced. And you never got paid from any of that? No, because I, I stopped the internship. I was like, this is okay. But you still did those. But I, I trust me, I got the value and the worth from it. Right. So you didn't. You, you got delayed, paid. I didn't even get paid, but yeah, to to a degree. Looking back now, I did. Yeah. Right. Because I, that that experience was worth. Do you think that I mean, we'll find out what it's worth? Right. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, when 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 I compare myself to my peers, and I'm like, okay, well, that experience in itself was was worth its weight in gold because now I'm like, you know, you're using that now. Right. You're I mean, using that same attitude now where. It, you know, where you're at right now, my trajectory, you know, compared to, to people around me and, and, you know, that I maybe went to college with or whatever, um, you know, it's, so that it's builds, honestly higher. it builds you up to where you need to be at this moment. Yeah, it, it definitely did. It definitely helped me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that's really I'm, my story. That's I, a really great story. I think it's, it's important that if, if you want to be in this sort of business, this, you know, high touch sort of business, where you need to make a lot of contacts, you need to go door to door before you ever do anything. Yeah, I, I strongly believe if you go door to door the way that I did, mm. you'll you will crush the business. But it's just about doing that the first time. You do it the first time, you start to build a rhythm. You don't quit. You stay consistent. You'll be fine. So, anyways, after college works. <laughs> All right, we're gonna pause this real quick. So after you, you, so yeah, so after college works, um, I ended up trying to work at Northwestern Mutual. Um, you know, they're a pretty big firm. I know they, you know, a lot of people love working there. And Why do you think it, it was like a nice place to work? Well, because a lot of people that I knew were getting internships were there, like some sort of stature of that company, right? So you talk about Baird, um, you talking about Northwestern Mutual. Um, I saw like. Chase, uh, you know, the big banks, PNC, Associated. Um, and you wanted to work as so an I intern wanted, there? Right. I wanted to work in that sort of corporate environment and see how I would like it uh, because I was already very skeptical of going down that path. Why? I mean, you know, like I knew that the pay that I was going to get maybe wasn't going to be worth it, but I was trying to, I was trying to justify maybe a different viable option whether it's okay, maybe I do delayed gratification. I work the ladder, and you know I try to try to invest while I'm making this money, live frugally, you know stuff like that. And so I was trying to justify this path, even right. though at the time I'm like very skeptical. I'm like this probably isn't going to work for me, because so I'm not going to get where I want to be if I'm in this position and leveraging my time this way. Okay. Uh, but obviously, you know, now looking back, I, I found that out, you know, a couple years down the road. But I get, you know, I get into this, this conference room and 
there was all these like prospects and it was like kind of this intro meeting kind of to see if you would be a good fit. They were kind of feeling you out. It was a really interesting sort of group interview that they, that they did. And I was, you know, I would like to say I, I knew a lot of information that most people at that age did not know as far as, you know, finances go. And, and I was always very curious, Yeah. Um, you know, because of my past and, and, you know, I would ask the right questions, stuff like that, whatever. It was kind of a no-brainer for both sides to, to, you know, seek further, you know, if this would be a good opportunity for both sides. And um, I, I mean, I tried to do it, and I'm like, wait, hold on. So you're telling me I need to build, I need to build a financial advising business, like from the ground up. But I don't believe in some of the traditional methods of financial advising. So hold on. I don't, I don't believe in what I'm doing. I believe in certain aspects, but certain aspects are like, this is old. I don't need this shit. So I'm like, okay, why am I going to do something I don't really like wholeheartedly believe in at the time? And then it's already something similar to what I was doing previously, which was if you're, you have to create, you know, generate leads, you know, and then sell them yeah right? and it's so, like a whole process over and over again it's the same thing all over again and so that's the second time that i'm like exposed to it and i'm like shit i don't want to do this right now i'm not it's delayed gratification i need money now <laughs> and i'm not gonna see money now from something like where's that. my so, money and i need it now so there's no <laughs> way i could you know i yeah. couldn't do it. i wasn't i wasn't prepared financially to even take that 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 step um again even though, yeah even though i tried to because i had just worked you know, three months basically for free without any, any payout. So it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Now you start seeing your value as like, you know, you know, you you don't see your, your dollar amount in hours no more. You see your dollar amount in the production you do. Right. How can you leverage your systems, your time, your knowledge better to create a higher dollar amount per hour? Mm -hmm. Right. That's how I see it now. Because, like, you and I are creating this content. <clears throat> we post it once on the internet. It's on there forever. Forever. And we only made it once. And it's forever. It's, again, forever. But people can watch it at any point in time. We can, we can you know, for example, snip clips from our conversations and use it as micro content. So we are working smart and leveraging our time smart. Right. Right. Obviously, at that time... You know, this would have been my, the summer, so this would have been going into the summer of my sophomore year of college, or the summer between my sophomore year and my junior year of college. I didn't really, like, understand it too well. I was just trying to make some money. Right. I <laughs> and, mean, and, I and, and, like, I, I knew that I could with that, mm -hmm. but I couldn't make and breach my max potential because, number one, I didn't fully believe in everything that I was doing there. Do you think that where you were headed, you knew where you wanted to be? Or go. I mean, I ultimately knew what it was that I wanted, but I didn't see the path clearly and understand everything that it took to get to that, to that, you know, specific path and, and take that path, if that makes sense. Right. Because you don't understand how much work it takes to build a business until you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. then, so, so let's, let's, let's reframe this. Do you think what you were doing at that time your your was it your sophomore your junior year or your junior? It was the summer. Well, between the your sophomore college works with sophomore year of college yeah. in the spring, and then basically the Northwestern Mutual was like the end of that spring, mm -hmm. and then the summer I actually ended up working at a steakhouse called the Rare Steakhouse, and I was at the the launch. Okay. So I launched that. I helped launch that steakhouse. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I think I was like. A, they had a team structure with their servers, so I was like the third server. <laughs> okay. What do you mean the third server? So there's captain, there's front weight, and then there's back weight, and I was back weight. Okay. And what does that so do? I did like, like I would make some of the table side stuff. Okay. So like they had table side Caesar salad, table side bananas foster the dessert. Mm -hmm. um, I would make some of the components to that before I even. We even started the dinner service. Um, I would be a runner, so I would run food out. 
Mm -hmm. I would never really bust tables. That was kind of more so like the front weight and the captain. Um, and I, I mean, I remember working at that steakhouse and I made my biggest check that I ever had that, you know, then before any other job. And I think the biggest check that I ever had at that time, I think I was, I think I was 20 at that time. Mm -hmm. I was going to be 21 in, in November. And I think my biggest check for a two-week period was $868. Your biggest check? And I worked like 68 hours. Yeah. Shit sad. <laughs> Man, I, you know, I... No, don't, no disrespect to, like, anyone that does earn that. But, like, I see you more... Like, you know, like, I see David as, like, you know, he's he set himself up. But, like, I just laugh with him. You know, yeah. like I left because he's my guy. You know, I, I love David. Um, but you know, it just it's just funny you telling me that because that was I dude, I was so hyped. I never saw an eight and then two zeros. Like I never saw that in a check for myself. Yeah. Up to me. So like I was like, man, I just I need to work more. Like um, give me more hours, right? And little <laughs> you know, little do you know that that's not that's not the path that I specifically know I I want to take. Yeah. It, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but eight hundred, $868. I remember that I was like, man, this is going to be a fat check. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to get that amount of money. Um, you know, at that time, but you know, I was saving for the next semester too. Okay. You know, for college. So, and it's how like, long have you worked at that that steakhouse? I I only work? worked there for the summer, so okay. I worked there from May. And that was going into your to, your junior year to the end of August. Your junior year of your college college junior year. Yeah, that was um, I was going to my junior year of college, and then I had also started the position at the gym. That during that time. Yeah. So I, we don't work. Um, we don't work the gym in the summers. Yeah. I mean, you do if you stay in Whitewater, but I'm not staying in Whitewater, so I'm not going to work you know, the gym in the summers. So then, you know, fast forward, I'm working at the gym. I've, you know, kind of saved up enough money and, um, I'm kind of just winging it as far as like money goes throughout the, yeah. my whole, my whole college experience. And, and, you know, you start to get curious because, okay, now I'm only working 12 hours a week at the gym, 12 to 15, depending on, you know, what it is that week. But, I start to get a lot more curious into side hustles, forex trading, you know, Amazon FBA. So now do you so, think you start realizing that, you know, you want to get your freedom back or you just start seeing these lifestyles that you see on like YouTube, you know? Yeah, you, you start understanding the power of leverage and how you can actually create the income that you want through these vehicles that a lot of times people call scams. But if, if the person who's never done it is calling it a scam, then how is it a scam? Yeah. Because they've never done it themselves. Or maybe if they, they've done it, but not as many times as they, they, they should. Did, right. They didn't do their 10,000 hours, so to right. speak. Right. So they haven't, they haven't done it long enough to really reap the rewards or benefits. Mm -hmm. so and I think that's what people need to understand, too, that, you know, just because you lose, you know, $1,000, maybe $100, and you're like, man, this isn't for me, and you're like, that's a scam. <laughs> You know, you just didn't do it enough times to, you know, reap those benefits. Right. I mean, my thought process is if I see someone that's living, breathing, and that teaching. bleeds me, you know, bleeds like me, um, then then I can do it. Like, I, I don't put anyone on a pedestal because then that devalues me and my worth and what I'm, you know, what I can do. Yeah. So I don't, I don't do that. Yes, they might be further along, but I'm not... I'm not going to, you know, say that I can't do it just because someone else said that they couldn't do it and impose their own insecurities on me. Right. And so, you know, I'm I'm starting to to open up to these other side hustle ideas in the meantime while I'm working at the gym. Uh, I remember trying to do all that like forex trading. Probably lost like I don't know 1500. Yeah. Um which in the grand scheme of things, I just didn't do it enough. Yeah. I mean, you you could still do it. Uh, you could still do it, but there's a learning curve. Right. You know, now it's like I have an opportunity cost to my time. What's my time worth in this business that I've now spent a lot of time in, like mm -hmm. the real estate business, compared to forex trading? Yeah. I, I would say I would say differently because you know I've been trading 
stocks is a different world compared to Forex, where I've been trading for almost two and a half years. I've lost maybe like a total of like maybe $5,000. And now I, I'm starting to see more. Um, I start to understand why all the times I lost became the lesson where I am now, where I'm like actually seeing the benefits. I don't, I'm not considering myself an expert or a professional, but I've done so many reps where it's like, okay, if I just stick to, you know, my winning average is like maybe $50 to $30 and my loss is 15 bucks, I'm, it's like baseball, you know, you, you're going to hit a, a grand slam every so often, but you know, you got to take your singles every so often. Yeah. And then if you keep your, your losses less than your gains, then your gains are always going to outweigh your losses. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you already... And if you do it for one hour each day, I mean, each day, Monday through Friday, what's the stocks? I mean, and you just win, 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 lose, and that loss is smaller than on those wins, you're averagely, you're averagely going to win. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you, you have to dedicate that time to it. My time is dedicating... Right. You know, like to the gym or to something. Right. Like, towards other things that are your helping child, me. child, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that are helping me, you know, kind of build the lifestyle that I want. Yeah. I'm not going to make that trade-off. Yeah. So to speak, because the, the, the benefit that I get from that trade-off long-term isn't what I want anyways. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to side, trying all these side hustles. I tried Amazon FBA. Um, I think I lost like 3000 with that. And keep in mind, this is money that I can't really afford to lose. But I'm like, fuck it. Like, I don't. Maybe I at guess, the time you could. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I was, I needed it too. <laughs> what was your only, what was your responsibility? I mean, I, I had to pay my living expenses while I was out in white Oh, okay. You know, so it wasn't really money I could afford to lose. But I, I mean, it, I lost it anyways. And there yeah. were lessons that I, that I learned. Um, how, how, how. How did you, what do you mean by losing? I mean, it was, I lost the money. Like, Forex trading, I, I lost, I blew up accounts. You blew up accounts, okay. Um, and Amazon, what about the Amazon, Amazon FBA? You spend enough in ad spend and you never make enough back so that, you know, like you can't, you can't order anymore because you literally could not sell the units at a high I, enough price that you're in the hole. For the for the ad spend, I see. So if you're if you're using the Amazon ads, the platform that they have, mm -hmm. well, if you get your cost too high because you use the wrong shipping method, you um, use the wrong like wholesaler for the stuff. Um, you know, you you spend enough, you spend too much on some of these other outside tools that. You know, people provide Amazon sellers. Yeah. Um, let's say you have inventory sitting and you have to pay inventory fees for it sitting on Amazon. Mm. So when it all when it all totals out, and then let's say it's just like let's say you have a product SKU that's sitting on Amazon and not selling. Well, it, yeah. It's know, like it's like you have food, to eat it's that like, cost. Yeah, it's like food getting spoiled. Right, you, you have to throw to, it out. You have to just eat that cost because if it's not selling and you're trying to generate as much traffic as possible and you don't have the money to really generate traffic more so to a greater degree, because I didn't, I only started with like $3,000 really, then you're kind of shit out of luck unless you get more money. Hmm. Right, and, but then by that time, there's seasonality to products too. Like products get hot and cold. Yeah. So if your SKU's already shown that it's not performing, well then it's nobody's gonna buy. Right. You have to relaunch it's it. It's supply and demand. You have to relaunch it again. So you have to spend more money to, to launch it again. And what happened to the inventory? Do the just Amazon keeps it or do, do it, the... it I think I just let it get stranded. Okay, yeah. So you know how like those there's the big like Amazon retail boxes for like I don't know, you can get a big pallet from Amazon of returns or Stranded inventory, like you can buy it for like a hundred bucks. I'm not sure. Yes, because Amazon just wants to get rid of it. Right. And so, besides the side hustles, what other like job did you have besides you know working for someone? Well, so I ended up the the following two summers, 
So from my junior year to senior year, I worked at the construction company that my dad worked at. He worked in concrete. And so I did that. Mm-hmm. And that was great because I actually got paid like good money at that time. Um, Bigger than your 800 check? Yeah, I was. I think my biggest check was 1200 for a week. Nice. Sometimes I think I saw 1400 one week too. Um, and I was working probably like 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. At that concrete uh, company. And um, I was like, I was like, this is, this is crazy because this job is fucking hard. Labor hard? Yeah. Like I never. Did I you mean, have to carry uh, barrels of concrete? Uh, yeah. You had to carry wheelbarrows at some point. Um, shovels and you're in like, you know, 90 degree weather and the heat of the summer and yeah. Yeah, you don't have like a my dad. Break. My dad does construction, and I remember working with him as a as a as a young kid. And my, I would be so pissed because he would be waking me up in the summer night, a summer day, and he'd be like, "Come on, we're gonna go do some concrete." And I'm like 12, 13, I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, no, no one, no kid wants to do yeah. be carrying bar- uh, wheelbarrows, wheelbarrows of freaking concrete. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. It was it was worth it at that yeah. time because they were paying me what I wanted and way more than I wanted actually, and so it helped me get a little you know little cushion set up for college that yeah. that following year. Um, so it helped me live a little better that following year. But it was it was uh, it was a bitch. It was not easy and it was not something that I wanted to do long term. Um, and then the following summer, so I ended up having to stay an extra semester at college. So it was my after my senior year. Um, I had to stay another semester, and then I worked at a foundation company from a family friend. Mm-hmm. So I stayed that extra semester, but that summer before it, I was working at the foundation company, and I made way less. I was trying to go back to the concrete company, but because I didn't like it, I didn't perform how they wanted, they, mm-hmm. they didn't want me back. <laughs> oh. So I'm like, all right, fuck you guys. Um, I'm going to go, go work else. at the, yeah. that, that for it. And, um, you know, because I also had, like, the the... the aspect of time right because if i'm trying to find a job and it takes me two weeks well that's two weeks of pay that i'm going to lose out on so if i'm trying to wait for this other company to, to pick me up and they're not you, gonna pick you, me up, you wanted to start working right away right then i'm you know i'm just like all right well 17 dollars an hour here i come <laughs> yeah so i ended up working there for a summer um and it was almost i think i was making like 32 at the concrete company Thirty-two dollars. Yeah, so I go from hour. thirty-two to seventeen. Damn. And you're like, paychecks oh, <laughs> are like, man. Yeah, yeah, they were they were a lot smaller. Um, but you know what? I mean, it was a learning experience because, I mean, had I not worked at the foundation company, I wouldn't know what I know now about foundations. I literally did the work. I was I was installing beams on properties. I was you know helping out with excavation. How long, how long were you doing the concrete work for? The concrete work was only for like four months okay. in the summer. Yeah, but you were hustling every day doing that. I was, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was working every during the week. Yeah. Sometimes even Saturdays. Wow. And, and then, that was during the summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then same thing with foundation. In the summer, the the following year. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, it it ended up working out because like little did I know, <laughs> working at the foundation company was going to set me up for success in real estate. And, you know, what some agents struggle with, which is foundations and and understanding and how it all works. And, you know, you sound unsure. You give someone doubt. You give a client doubt and and uncertainty in your responses because you've never done the work or you don't really understand the work or you haven't been in the business long enough to really understand the work. That can really make or break a client's trust in you. So right off the bat, I felt pretty comfortable yeah you're pretty confident in what you were talking about foundations and stuff like that i'm not an expert by any means right but i literally did the work Mm -hmm. for a couple months at a time and it wasn't too long ago because the following summer i was in real estate yeah and so that was your final job like that was my last job (laughs) that's that's david's uh job history job history which, you, well, out of all the jobs you had, which one was your favorite? Favorite job. You know, besides this right now. Well, I love the concrete because of how much I got paid. Besides the pay. Like, like just the work environment. I didn't fucking like any of the jobs. None? No, I didn't like any of them. Really? 
I never liked going into the jobs. Wow. I hated it. Not <laughs> even socially, social, socializing with your coworkers or anything? No, because it felt like a facade. It was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to justify trading my time for money by trying to enjoy my time here. I see. When I didn't want to even trade my time for money, but I'm like, fuck, I need to. Hmm. There was so, this, there was this one job where I was a lifeguard when I was 17, and the app like I wasn't really thinking about money at the time. I was just like, it was I was like after a breakup, right? So I'm just trying to fill my fill my time with something else. Fill that void. Fill that void, and it was lifeguarding. We got paid, um, I would say maybe fifteen dollars an hour, and it was full time, like Monday through Sunday, and our checks were pretty fat. Uh, that's when I first saw my like $900 check and I'm like and I didn't spend no money like at all I would just party <laughs> every day it was just like literally lifeguard party repeat and I was like 17 so my body could take it and just being surrounded with people that were way older than me that were like freshmen in college, sophomores in college, and I'm a 17 year old going to these college parties. Like, it was like, felt like almost like a movie at a, at a time because I was just going through the motions and I was also enjoying what I was doing just because I was surrounded with yeah. people that were way older than me and, you know, I just didn't care about life at the time. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's that's something of what my one of my favorite jobs was being a lifeguard, and I, I'm still to this day certified lifeguard uh, and a certified lover boy. So, no, <laughs> bro, look at my Instagram. Certified was it certified? Certified lover boy. Certified lover boy. But no, I mean to that point, I don't. I think I wanted to grow up faster than everyone else because I wanted things that other people didn't want at that same age. So I, I never enjoyed, I never really, it's kind of like crazy to say, but like the ages from 18 to like 22, I never really enjoyed because I was busy trying to go through college and get it out of the way. And like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed some, some aspects of it, but like the job part, I wanted to make a bunch of money. Right. And I thought like, okay doing a job isn't going to do that but i could make it work while i'm here and i'm just going to work a bunch of hours to make yeah a good amount of money but i think i didn't so i didn't go to college and the the jobs that i've done after high school were you know i worked on a ferry from yeah, milwaukee me to michigan that's interesting and i got paid fairly well it was like 16 16 dollars an hour and we would have to be there from uh like 10 to 6 or sometimes you know depending on what, what time, time the, the ferry got back the yeah the ferry like uh we left docking and i mean it was what, that wait. was that was another fair, one of my favorite jobs so what time would you leave in the morning 10 or did you have to uh, we would we would have to be there by 10 and we would uh dock off at uh 12 okay so you leave at 12 and it was like about an hour and a half you know, ferry, ferry ride. ride, and we would get there around because they're an hour ahead of us, and so we would get there like so. We're basically traveling two thirty around there, around ish. So we would like leave around three. You would leave there around three, and around, we would get here. At we would five thirty, five six. Okay. And then every day, um, I would go to the beach or to Brad Bradford every single day. What? What? Yeah. Like after work? Yeah, or? after work. I would just go to the beach with some friends. Or just try When to, did you work out? In the morning? It would be either in the morning or sometimes even after. So you would work out after the beach? or you would It would be either. It, I think it was just the beach and then working out. So it would be like every, depending on how I felt that day. Yeah. But so that, this was like during the summer? Yeah, this was the summer of 2019. Or 2020, and then after certified party boy, I was man, I was partying so hard. And then there was this one job where I wanted to wait, wait. Oh, so even before then, I worked at uh, the airport 
I was a wheelchair ham- handler where I would um, pick up people at the check-in station, and I would take them to their to their um, their terminal, yeah. and and I would get people from their terminal all the way to the luggage, and you know you get paid hourly plus tips, and that, that was one of my favorite jobs too, um, because you would meet all these people. I remember this one lady gave me a, a seventy dollar tip because. I took her to her um, her terminal, yeah. and I picked her up that same time, like after she came back. How did you Vegas. say that? I forgot that I did DoorDash too. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> DoorDash is more like a side hustle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know some people take it full time, but it's more like, you know, I see, I see. It. I tried all those. Like I tried like the grocery store delivery stuff. I tried to do Amazon Flex, which was Amazon delivery. Oh, you did that for me. I tried to. They, you have to get accepted into it. Oh, I looked okay. up all the like the options. Mm-hmm. DoorDash, Uber Eats, uh, Shipped. What's the other one? I forgot what the other one was. Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just like I forgot that I didn't even throw that in there. Throwing that in there. Um, and so that, you worked. So you worked at the ferry place. You worked as a handler for the airport. Wheelchair handler. And um, did you do anything else before that or no? I did. I well, my well, my first ever job was working at Panda Express. Oh yeah, I remember you. That was that. my first ever job. I hated it, you know. And I worked at Miller Park, the Miller Park one. Oh. So like, literally, GMC is like on the opposite end, and then we probably worked at the same time. Probably, maybe. I worked mine in uh, two thousand when I was a like sophomore. Sophomore in high school? In high school. Oh, shit, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I was like maybe 2014, 2015. No, I think that was too early. And I hated that job, honestly. Like, no disrespect to people that work in the fast food, but, you know, very respected because... It's hard. It's, it's very easy. hard, but, you know, especially in that Miller Parkway because there's cars driving there. It's yeah. right off the freeway. People just, all right, either McDonald's, Culver's, Penn Express... And because McDonald's is right next to it. Right. And so people would either choose if there's a big line at McDonald's, fuck it, we'll go to Panda Pan Express. And, and it's right by, uh, uh, I don't know if there was a, a Q. Uh, there's a Qdoba there. A Qdoba, but I don't know if it was there at the time. Oh, I mean, there's now. Oh, no, no, no. The Noodles in Company. There's a Noodles there. But I don't think that was there at the time. Was there but, Popeyes there at the time? Popeyes. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Oh yeah, that was there. That was there. There's that was KFC there. there too. Oh yeah, right across, right across from it. Um, Dude, I hated Panda because I think we're gonna cut this off short. Yeah. It's done there though. <laughs> yeah, there's like. Oh, so this is another thirty minutes. Yeah, right. but it's a, it's about to die. Um, Smack. What were you saying? Just finish with your sentence. Oh, um, I hated. Pan Express. I hated Panda because. Pan Express. I hated Panda because I thought they were gonna give me. Oh, no. Damn. Let's go with this one. I hated Panda because I thought they were gonna give me lo mein, but they didn't. They gave me chamo. <laughs> they, they scammed me, bro. <laughs> I did not think you were gonna say that. I hated them, bro. I, like, I remember one time I was looking forward to lo mein. They but they don't have lo mein. They don't. I thought they did. They have chow mein. I'm like, it's the same shit. I, I think lo mein is like thicker noodles. Lo mein is an actual noodle. Chow mein is like the crunchy noodles. Yeah, it's fried. Yeah. And then lo mein is... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the difference. Sorry, but I was just mad because it wasn't what I wanted. And I'm like, dude, they're a scam. Like, I, don't, I want lo mein and I want fried rice. You guys don't have it. Why would I go to Panda? Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm just going to go to whatever, you know, Asian restaurant is in the area. Chinese yeah. restaurant. I don't think the microphone works. No? No. Because it's kind of into the camera. Well, yeah, you guys could still hear us, but you know we're gonna end this off here. You know we talked about our jobs, our jobs that led us to where we are right now, um, and so this is episode number nine. I got it correct this time. And if you guys are looking to sponsor our podcast, please let us know in the description. All our socials are also in the description. If you're looking to purchase any of our of the equipment that we use, feel free to. Purchase that down below and support our channel. Yeah, guys, if you really like what we talk about, if you really enjoy our podcast, if you really like this episode, please like down below, click the bell, support us. We really would appreciate it. 
Um, I think this was a great podcast. I think we talked about a lot of really important pivotal reasons and, and, and things that happened to us in our jobs, um, you know, that created who we are today and, and why we're even here doing this podcast today. Um, so like I said, if you guys really, really like this podcast, if you think we provided a good amount of value for you guys, please like it down below and, and make sure you have your notifications set for the bell. Um, well, you got anything else? Yes. It slipped my mind. So uh, I want you guys to please uh, give a shout out to Rebby down below. Let us know if he if you think he's really cute and if we should make an Instagram account for him. Yeah, let us know if you want to see more of Rebby. Yeah. All right. Peace out, everybody. Peace.